Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Only Podcast. I am your co-host, Austin Smith, joined, as always, by your other co-host, John Kirby. You can find us on Twitter at ACSmith06 and at John underscore Kirby. And as always, follow the mothership at The Only Colors. Today is Monday, February 3rd, and Felton Davis the third is a world champion, a Super Bowl champion. Slightly more success than he found in his time at Michigan State. He did win a land-grant trophy. True, which begs the question, what trophy is better, the land-grant or the Super Bowl trophy? I think Felton deep down knows the answer to that one. Yeah, I would agree. He had more of an impact on the land-grant as well. But hey, one year, one ring, pretty good deal for old Felton. Yeah, and imagine when he's back from his uh, shoulder injury. And like he's a, like, the Chiefs could get better. Yeah, that would be sweet Cause he's if he's a lo- good. Because he's, he's worth, if the salary cap goes, nothing. Yeah. And he can contribute right away. Hey, Sammy Watkins also might just chill and take a year off, as he said. So It's people, are, I think people should do more sabbaticals. I fully support the sabbatical life. Honestly, I'm very excited to take my first sabbatical in 30-some-odd years. I'm really, really looking forward to it. I think we should start thinking about retiring in our 20s. And working late into our 70s, because at that point, what you're, are we really You're doing? just hanging out. What are we really doing? We're here to hang out. We're coming into the office. Nothing's getting done. Right. So what's really different? Chris Borland really had it figured out. He's like, NFL for a year, got mm-hmm. about a million dollars, probably sure. a little north. And then he's like, you know what? I'm out. I'm, I'm just going to pack this up. Pack this up. No concussions. No nothing. Probably found a nice financial investor. One would assume. So, yeah, I, I think we'll start this by saying this is our retirement show. Yeah. We're retiring. Maybe. Now that we've, you know. We've reached. transferred to Megaphone. We have. Tra- yeah, that's true. Yeah. Hey, thanks for staying with us as we moved away from SoundCloud. And apparently we still have, uh, you know, old, old uh, what is it, thumbnails. that. Should- yeah, sorry about that. Listen, we're Despite trying. Despite what people are saying, no, Chris Benini and no, Dom Garrett are not involved in this podcast any longer. Mm-hmm. It's been John and I's for, I don't know, three years now. I kind of like, it's almost, it's almost better that we haven't changed it. It's certainly on brand. I think it has a little character. If you think there's a lot of preparation that goes into this, boy... Mm. You are sorely mistaken, except for John's part. He does a lot. Nah, well. Uh, well, guys, all right. So Felton Davis, the one former Spartan, achieving quite a bit this weekend. Some other former Spartans before we dive into the basket hoops. Uh, well, I guess we are diving into basket. the basket hoops and the professional variety. Uh, Miles Bridges and Jared Jackson coming to a city very near us, literally our city, mm-hmm. here in Chicago, 
Uh, All-Star Weekend coming up soon. Jerry Jackson and Miles Bridges named to the Rising Stars game on Team US. So I know what I'm doing on uh, Friday, February 14th. Folks, definitely not Valentine's Day. This is the event. <laughs> and I, I would encourage you to explain to your, um, if you have a partner, that this is the date. Important. And I wonder if who, who might be... So Miles and Jaren, are they on the same team? Do we know? They are. So it's U.S. They changed it. Uh, I want to say one or two years ago, and they made it U.S. versus international okay. because there are so many talented players on both sides of, of of that ball now. So on the U.S. By the way, I looked through these rosters earlier. Mm-hmm. I have a clear favorite, but mm-hmm. um, we'll start with the world. The world is represented by Nikhil Alexander Walker. Mm-hmm. Was unaware that he was not from the America. Just DeAndre Ayton, R.J. Barrett, <laughs> Brandon Clark, Luka Doncic, Yum, Shea Gilgis Alexander, mm-hmm. Rui Hachimura, Svi Mihailuk. Oh, hey, Josh Okogi and Mo Wagner. Oh no! So that's pretty good. But on the other side, Miles Bridges, Wendell Carter, Devonte Graham, Tyler Hero, Jaron, Ja Morant, Kendrick oh. Nunn, Eric Paschal, P.J. Washington. In the last two, Zion Williamson and Trey Young. Trey Young? Yeah. He's not an all-star? He, I guess I guess not. Can he be both? I, he probably should be. Um, even though Wild. Even like nine games. So uh, who, who, do you, who do you got? I'm going, to, well, Team USA all the way. Right, obviously. <laughs> but there is, a, there is a part of me that sees Luka doing the damn thing. Luka's pretty darn good, as is Shea Gillis-Alexander. But... I mean, this is the rising Zion, Trey Young, Ja, Young Jaren. Ja. I gotta say, the Rising Stars game is, for me, sometimes more entertaining. I mean, it is it is a brilliant operation. I would totally agree. Mm-hmm. It's and a, it's a beautiful way to like get people excited and attached to the exciting young players in the game. Well, and it does a lot for this a lot of markets that don't have an all star. They can True. at least point to something like the Hornets or like we have Devontae Graham and Miles Bridges. Does that yeah. do anything for you? And PJ Washington. Yeah, three. They've got three. Uh, Almost as many wins as they have. But know, that's not the point. You know I'm about Buzz City. <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah. I bought the T. So we'll watch that. That's what we're doing Friday the fourteenth. Yep. Um there were a couple games. We're gonna talk through them. Uh a couple funny ones for different reasons. Michigan State won in a laugher 79-50 to 50 over Northwestern last week. Um, I think the most important takeaway for this game for me was Foster Lawyers, not uh, four three-pointers, but his facial hair. It's not good, John. <laughs> Listen, I, I, we are a very pro-Foster podcast. And a pro-live-your-life. Like, pro, yeah, and a pro-do-you podcast. Uh-huh. Th- th- oof, boy, Foster. Foss, listen, I know shaving sucks. It's I haven't had a clean-shaved face more than two times in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. But, buddy, mm. I know I can't buy you razors because mm-hmm. you're, you know, in college. Right. If I could, I would. I would get you a, what, Harry's Razors or whatever, dollar, shave club. Dollar Shave Club. Yeah. But I'm just telling you, it's worth a dollar. It's not a good look for old Foss. I like the little goatee when he does the goatee because he looks 28 and, and he's 19. And he gets a clean fade like Steven Izzo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's got some swag, but boy, that's the the, yeah, you, but, the, the scruffle. Hey. Not where you want to be. So I'm going to take the other. Unless you're going to keep it in threes. Then I was, I'm in. I was going to say, I'm going to take the other side on this. 
Foster banged four threes in this game. Hey, I'm... we may need to consider a nickname. Mm. And I don't know how you feel about Fossy Bear. I like it, but let's give it a shot. Yeah, Fossy Bear, Big Foss. Well, I think Big Foss is funny because he's not not big. He's not, and that's the joke. But th- th- that's the, <laughs> folks. There it is. Yeah, this one was. Uh, this well, we'll talk about him later, but. Um, I've got it. I already know exactly I, I know, yeah. um, who you want to talk about. This was one of those games at the beginning, and this is becoming like a, an unfortunate trend where Michigan State just kind of doesn't – I don't not that they don't take their opponent seriously. They don't have that step-on-your-neck moment early when they can bury a team early. Yeah. They got up like 16-4 or something yep. like that right out the and gate. And let them inch back in. Beautiful. Northwestern puts all their eggs in the first half basket. Does every, It looks physically painful for them to score the basketball. And yet, it's a close game at halftime. Yeah, well, or close, close relative. to halftime. It was yeah. like a seven-point game, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and then Michigan State hits like two straight threes. Yes. And so... Um, Michigan State wins running away, but as you mentioned, kind of a casual start. We'll touch on that in a, in a minute. Yeah, and then they just blew the doors off in the second half, which was great. So, funny situation. Cassius actually had a rough game. One mm-hmm. assist, five turnovers, 18 points, um, which is obviously a good thing. But, you know, and a lot of it came on the four for seven three-point shooting, which is an interesting thing to point out. Three-point shooting for this team trending up, mm-hmm. trending up so much so that they have cracked – the top 100, um, which was at the beginning of the year seemingly impossible. They, if you remember, they were bricking left and right. Now up to shooting above 35% from three. That's that's almost good. Almost. I mean, for me, I love me some 37%, but you cannot deny uh, the team has been trending up in the three-point shooting. They have certainly improved their three-point shooting. But it's coming potentially, we'll talk about this, it's a lot of it is because Cassius Winston is taking more threes, which is good. And a lot of that is becoming Cassius Winston is because Cassius Winston is playing more off the ball, which is leading to less assists for the team as a total. Indeed. And we don't know if that's a problem quite yet. But I think we're getting to, and I think we might as well just die. listen. Okay, just to put a bow on this one, Northwestern stinks out loud. I want to talk about one more person though. Okay. Rocket. That's who I was going to talk about. Baby, what is you doing? Okay, so that actually transitions us into Wisconsin a little bit. So Rocket in this game, though, we'll use him as our little yeah bridge from game to one game to another. You really got the full Rocket Watts experience here uh, this week. Because no middle, none. There is <laughs> there is no such thing as a decent game from Rocket Watts anymore. He is this is the norm. Horrible, and and I mean to the tune. Of one of seven, three charges, 0 for 5 from three, one of seven from the floor. Uh, three turnovers. Three turnovers, time. one assist. Tough. In 14 minutes. Credit to him. Got his shots up. A shot every two minutes. Pretty good. Efficient. Pretty good. And three charges <laughs> that are in not mind. included on those shots, <laughs> by the way. So Rocket certainly, you know, listen, he smelled blood in the water. Couldn't take advantage of it. Fast forward to Wisconsin. You can make a very strong case. Actually, you you can't make an alternate case. This game is a blowout without Rocket Watts. Mm-hmm. Hits four threes, goes six of 13 from the field. Took 10 threes. 
<laughs> Maybe too many. But hit four of them. Is he, in his head, ever taken too many threes? There, that's, those aren't words that go sequentially <laughs> together for him. When Gabe Brown is talking to you about shot selection. Yeah, that's, some, that's something. <laughs> we so have there's to. a flag up. What the color of that flag is, we're not sure. But there, there's, a, there's something's happening. Uh, Cassius and Rocket really... Did it all. Kept, kept them in this game. They combined for 39 points. The... But to your point here, only combined for three total assists. Mm. Leading assist man in this game, well, before we get to him, Rocket, though, no assists on this game. Not his style. This is not, I mean, he played well. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. He, he did what he needed to do in this situation. But if Cassius is only going to get three assists and Rocket's not going to get any, you only lost this game by a point. It's a game you should have won. Yeah. But when, when Xavier Tillman's leading the way with five assists, it's not good, and and let's just let's let's talk about this game on the whole, though. Okay, we'll talk about the game on the whole. Rock, we we wasted the rocket fire game. Yes. Okay. Um, I think it's also a problem when rocket when you're you're relying on rocket mm-hmm. to win the game, which is what kind of happened there for a little bit. Yep. To keep him in it. Um, have I ever told you about the game? I think we must have talked about this on past podcasts like years ago, but. Especially earlier in Russell Westbrook's career, I used to play a game, a drinking game. The beginning of any uh, Russell Westbrook game, you would call it good Russ, bad Russ. And I would be good, I would pick good or bad, or you would be the opposite. And you just watch the game. And you'd both have a beer. And when Russ did something good, and if I was good, I'd take a drink. Same for you with bad. Every possession is one of the two things. (laughs) There's no in the middle play for Russell Westbrook. It's either amazing and good or horrible and bad. Rocket Watts is kind of becoming that. And I, if you want to have a beer, I encourage you to play Good Rocket, Bad Rocket. Yeah, it, he is, uh, the polite term is high variance. Oh. He's extremely high variance. I haven't seen a player like it. No, it's it's not a typical... Well, it's Carson Edwards light, man. I, yeah, I know. I hate it. I hate it. It's what uh, it is. It's my least favorite archetype of player. Like, I was thinking about this. This is an interesting discussion. Like... I was thinking about building an NBA or, or a collegiate team, kind of what you want the archetype of mm. each position to mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. The ones I always come back to are, uh, and this might date me a little bit, but Tyson Chandler is my five. Okay. He's, the, he's the perfect center. He's, he's the best center that's, in terms of what you need from a center, he's, <laughs> he's perfect. I very much can't wait for your tweet thread on why Tyson Chandler should be in the Hall of Fame. I... It's written. It's it's done. It's been in the drafts for years. His run when the map the way he played off of Dirk when the Mavericks beat the Heat is one of the best seasons you'll ever get from a center. But one of my least favorite archetypes, the, potentially the only one I really don't even like, is what Rocket Watts is. So it's very strange for me because he's not a Michigan State player. He's very Marcus Taylor. Like Marcus Taylor was similar yeah. in this regard. And I think the only thing that Michigan State has that's keeping him from being Marcus Taylor is Cassius Winston. Like, a very good player, but inefficient, mm-hmm. doesn't... I, when I think of what Michigan State needs more than anything from him right now, it's tra- it's him being Travis Trice. Mm. You could really use that guy that is just a confident... And this isn't senior year Travis Trice we're talking about. We're talking about freshman through junior year where he's just like media loves trice just a really nice backup do you like, remember you don't need him doing anything the ball doesn't even need to spin no. when he shoots it do you remember that do you remember when uh 
Rex Road like started Media Loves Trice hashtag MLT. <laughs> they would all gush over him like they, doing. Exi- it was such like an old dad. Mm-hmm. Be like nice player. Yes, plays within himself. Oh, he doesn't stir the pot. Nope, he's like, exactly he, what you want. You do, <laughs> here's the best way to think about him. And I would love it if all of the players on my team were like this. You don't have to worry about him. Not neutral. You don't have to worry about <laughs> Travis. He's going to give you something. He's not going to give you some things, but he is going to give you something. And I wish more than anything that MSU had a guy like that this year because Trice could play some two. He could play some one. He was a great backup, but you didn't feel bad when he was out there running the show. Yeah. And, you know, listen, give Foster credit. He has made his way to playability, but still has major liabilities as part of his game. Sure. Rocket is just not a natural. He's a combo guard if there's ever been one. Yeah. And so that, that that guy doesn't exist right now, and that's really what Michigan State lacks. And I think you 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 lack a guy that allows Cassius to play off the ball. And Rocket is kind of your pseudo band-aid for that, mm-hmm. and Foster is your other band-aid for that. So I think it creeps up and, and shows itself in games like this one against Wisconsin. But let's let's just talk about this game in general. I do you want to do you want to do the thing right now that we talked about? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's it's a really hard conversation. A lot of people don't want to hear about it. They don't. You know, um, and, and they don't want to hear both sides. It's this is interesting. Yeah. Uh, when I say that, I mean people don't want to hear. People are in no mood right now. <laughs> you <laughs> know what? People have had it up to here. Yeah, up to here on their last nerve. Yeah. And, and, you know, some people, it seems like people don't want to hear the good and, quite frankly, don't also want to hear the bad either because yeah. that no one wants either. No one really wants to hear anything. So I just want to be mad. So hang up. Everyone <laughs> turn off the VOD. Yeah. But we're going to, you know, we're going to take a look at this really quickly because um, the casual starts. Yeah. Okay. So let's, it's, let's do it. There is no escaping whether you are... On the positive or the potentially, I don't even want to call it negative, mm-hmm. S- skeptic, conservative, conservative side. Okay. It doesn't matter which side you're on. This is an issue. No matter what. Six losses this year. Five were because of casual starts. The Kentucky game, not a problem for me. No, I won't. No. The other five, Virginia Tech, didn't come. Yep. Didn't wake. Duke at home, didn't show up. Yep. At Purdue, didn't show up. At Indiana, didn't show up. At Wisconsin, didn't show up. Mm -hmm. Okay, so five, right? And, you know, to steal a line from Remember the Titans, and people aren't going to like this, attitude reflects leadership. Now, this is Cassius Winston's one knock, is that his... He is able to be very casual and still have a great game. Walk into any place casually mm-hmm. and not be the fired up guy, not get everyone focused, because that's just not how he does things. Okay. Fortunately, not everyone is him. So the leadership of the team, him, it kind of you kind of reflect that sometimes. And, and you walk into games a little too casual. And Izzo and Dwayne Stevens and and, and Fife, the yelling it, it only does so much. And then it's tuned out, right? You can only yeah. Do the same speech so many times. So yeah. who is the guy? We talked about this. Mm-hmm. We talked about this earlier in the season, and it was one of those things where you saw it happen once, once. and it was Xavier Tillman screaming at Gabe Brown. 
And I remember we specifically talked about that here because it seemed like almost like this watershed moment mm -hmm. of, okay, now they've got their vocal leader. So let's look around because it can only be him because Joshua Langford can't yep. come from him. Mm -hmm. Okay. As much as I'd like CG to be the guy, don't he's a senior. I don't know. It's not going to have the same pull. Kyle Lawrence hasn't played. Right. It's not him. It could be him. It absolutely could. But right now it's not. So you go down the list and who, the only person that it could be, simply couldn't do it at Wisconsin because if Xavier right. Tillman in his three for 15 shooting night is yelling at me, right. buddy, You're look not, at yourself. I'm not hearing it. I'm not hearing it from you. So it was an interesting, all of that. And then you couple on top of that, the fact that Aaron Henry kind of no-showed and the solve for his no-shows is Gabe Brown. Energy off the bench. He has the flu. Not making excuses. I'm just saying it is. A, it was a weird mishmash of problems that all came together there. You didn't. Ha I mean, you're you. Okay, so let's just go back and look at the actual. The actual problem again is these slow starts mm -hmm. because I don't think you would argue a Duke and Purdue aside of the six losses. I even would look at, I'll include Kentucky in this. I think in those other four games, Michigan State's a better team. I don't really think you would find, you might get, you'd get pushback, or if not the better team, clearly not a blowout worthy inferior team. But you let teams just get these leads on you, and you don't have to be better than a team to hold a 20 point lead. You just have to not be 20 point, 21 points worse than them. So, how do you stop that? First of all, I'll be making some shots early on. I, I mean, Wisconsin, I actually have to give Greg Gard credit because he defensively, if you notice at the beginning of that game, all the shots that were going up mm -hmm. were Aaron Henry and Xavier. That's what Tillman. they wanted. And if you are, yeah, and if you're an opponent of Michigan State and you can keep Cassius Winston from shooting the ball, you can keep Gabe Brown from shooting the ball and, uh, like, you know, keep, shit, Rocket Watts from shooting the ball, you're, you're winning. We're well, winning that point. Yeah, and, and so the other piece is Greg Gard, quite frankly, is, has to be happy with Rocket Watts shooting. Yeah, he, yeah. He's a sub, going into that game, what, 28, 29% three-point shooter? Mm -hmm. Let it fly, kid. Right. We want that. And, he, and then to, to Rocket's credit, he, he hit some, he missed some too, and that's them's the breaks, right? right. Um, Aline Ford, your guy, hit a couple threes. Yep. Sub 30% three-point shooter. He, they made shots too. They made a bunch of shots. They yeah. made some shots in the first half, and it was it almost felt like one of those. You know what I mean? You yeah. get a couple of those every year. It seems to always happen on the road. It seems to always happen against what feels like inferior opponents. Where it's just a day where they make a lot and a day where you miss a lot. Well, and do you the the problem is if this was an isolated incident, I would chalk this game up to that the way I chalked Purdue up to that. Yeah. But now we've seen this at Purdue. We've seen this at Indiana, and we've seen it at Wisconsin. That is no long. You can't just explain those away nope. because the trend is the same in all three, mm -hmm. and they haven't been able to overcome it in any of them. Now they've been literally three point. What is it? they lost Indiana by two, four, I think. four. Okay, so they've been five points away in the last two. So from from alleviating that issue and being so good that it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But here's two things. I guess if you really want to put this is the hell of a spin zone, but the margins are getting closer. As the, like they didn't get blown out against well, Indiana or Wisconsin, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But neither of those teams. I mean, Indiana maybe makes the tournament. I don't think Wisconsin's making the tournament. Well, maybe makes the tournament. But as we look forward and you think about March, skip through the Big Ten, which we will talk about and still is taken very seriously. 
skip ahead to March. You have to win six neutral court games against teams that are, you know, your first two are going to be ranked, probably be lower seeds than you. And you're going to have that bullseye on your back, and they're going to come out firing. If you don't answer, you could go home in the first weekend. It could very easily happen. We've seen better Michigan State teams lose in the first weekend before. So my issue and my, my cautiousness comes from the fact that it's not just happening once now. It's happened three times, and these situations where it's one of those days, that happens in March a lot. So, all right, all valid points. Quick solves. Got Tom will never do it. It's time to consider a timeout. <laughs> He'll never do it. But at, at the end of the day, you you can't. He's he has played the trust card too many times and didn't work. The team bit him. Yeah, he trusted them. Cassius Winston, Xavier Tillman, whoever you want to blame it on, was not able to get out control of the situation. Mm-hmm. So now you have to take control of the situation. There's one area. A timeout doesn't solve anything. It doesn't guarantee anything. But here's what we do know. If you don't, think bad things keep happening. And I think this is where, I don't even want to call it conspiracy theorists, but most Michigan State fans have dabbled with the idea that Tom Izzo enjoys losing <laughs> games Well, dur- he, during the big – or he puts his teams in situations where – Which is great. At disadvantages. And I think that that th- – it's not a stretch. Mm-hmm. To say that that's what he's been attempting to accomplish by not calling these timeouts is he's trying to let his team go through adversity in order to and that's okay. make it out the other side. And that's okay. It's not working. It's not working. And and he, so now he and everyone has learned this team needs help. Yep. And that's okay. Um, another point uh, that we should hit on, while I was hammering Cassius a little bit for being a casual Cassius, as, yep. as Tom Izzo says, hey, that's who he is. Now we know now we know mm-hmm. okay so there's a shortcoming that's you got to play to your team mm-hmm. right one thing that's being lost in all of this and like the in the fact that msu is ha- fandom my feeling is having a woe is me this team isn't who we thought they were like the sky is falling is that the big 10 is not just good it's literally the best it's been since ken palm has been keeping track of the conference okay that's not that's not hyperbole. It is as deep of a conference as it's literally ever been. The net rankings, ten teams are in the top forty. Yeah, Michigan State is in first place today. I just I'm just setting the scene. I think people probably see it and think about it relative to the average. Yeah, I think it's important to remember. I think within college basketball that like the overall caliber perhaps of teams nationwide changes and can change drastically from year to year. Oh, because yeah. if you look at this Michigan State team and compare it to some of the teams that were in the tournament last year, there's honestly not even that much reason for hope if you put this team in last year's field. Yep. But I agree. This year, in this year's field, I am I more skeptical than I was coming into this week absolutely 100 percent but that's not to say that a michigan state can't prove that this is the typical blip they have every year and that playing in the big 10 is going to get them all these advantages because it very well could but they are playing in a much more difficult conference i think the hard part for me to grasp 
is that the, it's not like the three teams they lost to are part of this elite caliber no, of team. No, they're not. That's the problem. Okay. And you still face a lot of those teams coming up. So you got to this question. I mean, it is worth talking about it, moving, talking about moving forward now. When do you become a believer again? Not, not necessarily a believer again. Because I tweeted on, on Saturday, and I kind of stand by this, that like this team has the look of a Sweet 16 type of team to me. Today. Today. Sitting here today. And that's fine. Most years, I mean, listen, how spoiled are we? Mm-hmm. But, you know, compare, it's all about expectations. We say it all the time here. You came into this year ranked number one. Mm-hmm. We all had realistic expectations of a national championship. You and I have openly talked about it. And mm-hmm. I, knowing that, it's hard not to express some level of disappointment or more caution than you did before. Mm-hmm. But now moving forward, you had a question for me. And I guess I'll, I'll ask you, where do you stand on that? On national championship? Yeah, like have, have your expectations changed at all? Uh, Your confidence level. Yeah, Saturday, I was I was team. Everybody relax until Saturday, and now I have recalibrated. As the first time, I will have taken a step back, and I would I would say admitting to some of the faults and warts that I was maybe unwilling to truly look in the eye. We have seen worse Michigan State teams go to the Final Four than this. I would agree with that. and I don't know if it's fair in February, on February 3rd to judge a Michigan State team, if only because if there's anything that Tom Izzo teams have taught us is that the team that is on February 3rd is not the team on March 3rd. Right. Or April 3rd. Right. Yep, preferably. And, and, and last year's a great example of that. Yes, because it's, it's funny. I... I agree with that like I was pretty team chill out pretty team a Purdue was a bit blip B uh, we were clearly better than Indiana so I'm not going to get too worried type of thing uh, but when you essentially run back Indiana more or less mm-hmm. you have the exact same experience mm-hmm. twice now now I'm concerned mm-hmm. and now I'm beginning to question you know, uh, the, I'm truly beginning to reassess the long-term honor, or the honor long-term um, ceiling on this team, or the or the confidence in which they will reach the ceiling that I still do believe is possible. I'm willing to recalibrate on that for the first time. And then, as we're sitting here getting ready for the podcast, kind of talking through stuff, you know, I look and I think, okay, I know we had a couple rough stretches last year and some bad losses. Where did those take place? I look here, if you remember Michigan State had a three-game losing streak to Purdue, Indiana, and Illinois last year. Those happened from Sunday, January 27th to Tuesday, February 5th. We are in that exact same ebb and flow. And listen, from then on out, Michigan State lost exactly two games, one to Indiana and then one to Texas Tech. And we're not saying that'll happen again, but we're definitely saying it is, I think it's, the word is ignorant Mm. for us and for anyone based on hard data of the last 20 plus years of Tom Izzo teams. Yeah. For us to throw our hands up and say, (laughs) we're done. This is the team. This is the product. And because it's never been the product and, and, and it could be. 
But this would be the exception to the rule. Yeah, and I think as we look ahead to the week to come, you know, and really the rest of the way, I think what scares most people is they look at the remaining nine games and you see six ranked teams. And the three teams that aren't ranked, the games are at Michigan, which they stink. Do make no mistake, they stink. But it's still a rivalry game. Mm-hmm. And then at Nebraska, which you, you cross your fingers and just hope nothing weird happens. And then okay. the final game of the season at home against Ohio State. Now, that's just today. I mean, Penn State, as we're going to talk about, is flirting with the bottom of the top 25. Illinois still in the 20s as well. So, you know, things can obviously fluctuate. But um, there's a lot of tough games left. And the scary part, I think, again, for everybody is that they didn't lose these games to the biggest and the best teams. Now, the flip side of that is you still have every opportunity to correct course here. Mm -hmm. And it's not impossible that Mm -hmm. this team goes, you know, loses zero to two games the rest of the way and still wins the Big Ten and still puts themselves in an amazing position going into March, which ultimately is what matters. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, it's funny is that sometimes we as fans forget that there's a there are there's another there's a flip side of the coin other teams dump their pants when they play us too it's true you saw wisconsin absolutely shit the bed shit the bed against michigan state they held on yep but man oh man did they fall apart that happens indiana did the same thing. indiana fell apart now again the the real issue was in the first half letting it get mm-hmm. too big right but, you know, like you said, there are a ton of difficult games left. If you go to teamrankings.com and you go to the projections for the remainder, and do it on FPI for ESPN, too, for ESPN as well. Michigan State is the most difficult game for every single team remaining. Yep. Every one. For the, so, like, it's, it's on them, it's too. Two, it's a two-way it's street. It's a two-way street, and it doesn't mean Michigan State's going to win all those games. I'm saying... It is just as hard. In fact, it's harder yeah. for the other teams. So Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, it's it's a gauntlet of a schedule, but it's a really good conference. And, you know, you got to, you know, hope that – because you really look around the country and no other conference is really all that good. I mean, there's a lot of fun conferences. Like fun, but – The Big East is – there's some fun at the top of that with, you know, Seton Hall and Villanova – yeah, Butler, SEC is kind of fun, you know. If you think ACC about, has three ranked teams at the top. Big the top Twelve team. has Baylor and Kansas, and you know, right. so like there's some fun out there. But if you, it's not close. It's not. There are currently twelve teams with cases to get the NCAA tournament, including Wisconsin, without two starters. Right. Still, still a tournament yeah, team. Yeah. We didn't even talk about the fact they didn't have two starters. I think that was the part that really that made was it the hard damning. to swallow. Well, that was the damning part of it is, but, and this isn't making excuses. um, I'm interested to see how they continue to rally. Um, Sometimes I think he is always even said, he's like, when you, you back a a critter into the corner. Yeah. They're going to fight back. 100%. And how long can that sustain? I don't know. And again, I think the, the other advantage is that not only is Michigan state, the hardest team, the hardest game from every single team moving forward, Every other team has to play this gauntlet, too. It's not like people played all the tough teams early and get the soft schedule late because there is no soft schedule. Like, there's no, like, like soft underbelly of anybody's schedule. It doesn't It doesn't really exist. It's like, statistically, if 12 teams of the 14 are NCAA caliber, then you have two teams that 
aren't. So the, your percentages, there's like an 80-something percent chance you're going to play a team that might be playing in March on any given night in the Big Ten. So it's – and also Illinois did us a huge favor by losing to Iowa Keep in mind the next day. that everyone stinks That's and will point. lose on the road. Yeah. It's like clockwork. Yeah. Illinois has had two games – or excuse me, two days of this entire season where they were alone in first place. Right. And it, then they weren't. It's funny, too, because at the beginning of the season, I think somebody said, you know, Izzo might have said, he said, I think, you know, five or six losses win the it. conference. And I remember thinking at the time, I was like, wow, that seems... Hedging pretty hard. That's Yeah, yeah that's you're really you, yeah, hedging your own bet pretty hard here. Uh, but right now, it's looking... Pretty. I mean, I think if anybody has less than five losses, it's if Michigan State comes out of this stretch with less than two more losses, my entire tune has changed back to to national championship or bust. So we'll take a break, but we'll come back talking about uh, the Michigan State's chances to win that conference, and then some midseason Big Ten awards. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Nice. All right, and we're back. Hey, uh, we did it. A commercial break. That's instead of just pretty, happening pretty like good, in the past. Pretty good, we think. Um, okay. So percentage chance for Michigan State to win the conference, well, um, if you go to Bart Torvik in his fun little tool, which is this tool is... It's John's homepage. It's bad. I, I, I need something else to do with my time. Michigan State, you know, is easily, easily... Um, favored to win. They have a 56% chance of sharing the title and a 35% chance of winning it um, by themselves. And a 92% chance of finishing the top four. Next closest is Illinois, the 31% chance to share and a less than 15% chance to win outright. Illinois has gotten lucky. Mm-hmm. Our own Paul Fanson, read up on his, uh, his blog post, there is a luck factor, and it's not just saying, oh, they got lucky. Um, just when you win more coin flip games than you lose, um, maybe you are that good, but the stats don't really make it seem, or it doesn't look like that based on your outputs. Um, Illinois is going to lose a few more games here, um, just based on a few more coin flip games. And then it's really going to come down to Maryland and Iowa. And I'm personally not a believer in Rutgers or Penn State until I see a true product. And so, yeah, I, for me, the true contenders are Maryland and Iowa, if only because Iowa might have the best player in the conference right now. Yes, and that, that which is wild to say leads us nicely me. into our midseason big awards. And that we uh, kind of came together and did a unanimous uh, agreement here. Um, I, I think it's it's got to be Luca Garza at this point, and and hard to deny. Now, a lot of things can obviously change between. Now the end of this season. Now in the end of the season, there are. But I will say, I think the the running here is down to two or three players tops. And Luca Garza right now, I think, is easily the run. I won't call it a runaway, but I think 
Listen, the guy's averaging 23 and 10 and a half it's and pretty, almost two blocks a game. It's pretty And nice. shooting 38% from three. Like, he is having an objectively incredible season. And what a jump from last year. Kind of unforeseen jump yeah. uh, to, to go that far. Um, the only other person outside of our own Cassius Winston that we think has a true opportunity is Daniel Oturu. And frankly, whether it's fair or not, um, you got to be on, a, I think, a contending team. Yeah. And so that might rule out Oturu. Only other name I might throw in there, and I don't even think we have him on our first team all Big Ten, but the type of guy who's positioned to is Lamar Stevens. From I know you're you're anti Penn State, but Lamar Stevens from Penn State is averaging I think close to 17 points a game, and if they're able to stay in the race, I think he gets especially if they can go on the road and beat Michigan State this weekend, he gets uh, a long look I think from from the the committee as it were. Yeah, 16 and a half points a game. Any other uh, folks we thought? Oh, I really like Jalen Smith. I don't think Maryland uses him nearly enough. They don't. They don't give him the ball. <laughs> when I hope they continue that trend when they play Michigan State. Yeah. On the outside looking in, we had three other names, or a handful of other names. Um, Joe Weiskamp from, from Iowa. Yep. Joe uh, Weiskamp, I think, is, is averaging over 15 points a game. Has really become that nice second second player for for Iowa. The other, the other ones we wanted to honorable mention were uh, Anthony Cowan, who's from Maryland. It, Every team's got one, but he is my how is he still in school guy at Maryland. <laughs> well, and yeah. I think the only reason why I'm like, oh, he looks different is he stopped wearing a T-shirt, ah. as we talked about T-shirt guys last week. Sure. Um, finally, I think Marcus Carr from Minnesota, although we haven't really seen the good Marcus Carr against Michigan State I in know. either of the games. Trust me when I tell you a good season. His, his stats are good. You just haven't seen it. And then um, did, we have, did we have one more? Uh, Mike Watkins. I think Mike Watkins has has a case. He'll probably be a first or second teamer in the Big Ten, averaging almost three blocks a game. He brings he's kind of matured into that defensive presence. Everyone thought he could be sort of bringing it on more of a nightly basis uh, nowadays for the Nittany Lions. And between him and Lamar Stevens, who by the way is averaging six and a half and seven boards a game, yeah, Mike Watkins nearly averaging a double double at ten points and eight point two rebounds. Um, and averaging three blocks and a steal. So he's become that low post guy that they really needed to be taken seriously. But we should talk about the actual first team all Big Ten. We didn't even go through that. We did. We went through it. Oh, you didn't mention AO. Oh, my bad. Yeah, the last guy, AO. Yeah. AO technology. AO, (laughs) wow. It's a throwback if you... That's uh, pretty good. It was Justin Timberlake and... And 50 Cent. It just, that song needed to be better. When it you get did. those two guys together, it's disappointing. They were at the peaks of their career. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a weird. It was just weird. Mm. I'm still not. We I, all let them have the single because we were like, "Well, you both should. You're both." It's like these two things should be good together. Yeah. We both like these two things, mm-hmm. and then the combination. It's kind of like chocolate and avocado. Yeah, like I like, like these two things. Put these on toast in separate situations together. No. Oh, not great. I'll eat chocolate on toast with avocado. Nutella. No. Well, that's what I'm saying. Right. Is no. they were together. No. Um, Ayo Dosunmu, who is apparently the best, I, I guess we'd say clutch player that we've seen to date in the Big Ten. He's a lead dog. Not afraid to shoot. Not afraid to shoot. He's uh, what we want Rocket to become. It, yes. He's not the best shooter, mm. per se. But he's However, the best clutch shooter. Loves loves to come up big in big moments. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's... He's the type of talent they haven't had in Illinois in some time, so he's doing doing a lot of good things. Okay, let's talk about Machine State again. 
Okay. Uh, we're going to pick Coach of the Year, Newcomer of the Year. Oh, yeah. Wait, shoot. Okay, never mind. We're not talking about Michigan State yet. Coach of the Year, we were split on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, John, justifiably, you went with Rutger own Steve Pickiel. You know what I saw recently? Someone commented on uh, our podcast and asked the one one line was, why is it Rutger? Why do you guys say Rutger? <laughs> and, and I think the answer is they they don't deserve the yes. It's because it's yet. better. They don't deserve the yes. You know why they don't deserve the yes? Is because this, because Rutgers. You don't have to explain it. Well, Rutger, in their now sixth year, the conference, winning 20.25% of their games in conference in football and men's basketball. Yeah, you don't get to be a multiple of there, anything. There's only one of you until further notice. Yeah, we can't handle more than one. That said, Steve Pickheel, nice little. Ball club he's got going hey, on over there. This is a this is a job saving season for our man Steve. Now another one, and I felt good saying this. The name I threw out there is Brad Underwood. Mm-hmm. I've been banging the table for Brad <laughs> Underwood for three years. Three years. Getting it done. He had me worried last year when they lost a lot of talent and a bunch of guys transferred. But here we are. They are sitting here today, the luckiest team in the league. Not going to hold that against them. Tied with Michigan State at the top of the conference. Um, I am a big fan of his. I don't know that I would love being a fan of the team he coaches, but I I, I like that he uh, I like what he did. Came in, set his style up, and and now he's kind of got some talent that can play to it. And I think Illinois is a sleeping giant speaking in the Big Ten. Of, speaking of giants, your newcomer of the year. My newcomer of the year is Kofi Coburn. First of all, very disappointed he pronounces his last name that way. Uh, but second of all, a very a very large man. I think he gives, again, Illinois in, in Dasumu and Coburn has things that they didn't have before. Like you have, you had just a bunch of stuff. You didn't really run a system, like the John Gross era, you didn't really run a system, you didn't really have a lead dog, you didn't have superior size or talent or anything. Mm-hmm. And now you have talent and size. I mean, Coburn is, Absolutely massive. Watching Thomas Kithier try to guard him was comical. Legitimately made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has brought an element to them that kind of allows them to play two different ways. You know, they like to run. He's not much of a runner, and Michigan State exploited that the first game. That's right. But they don't. If they can't run previously, they couldn't do anything. And now they can at least throw the ball down to Coburn or put up a shot and let him get aboard. So he's he's a man in the in the low post. But you had another name who was probably the guy who was going to the league. Trace Jackson Davis feels like he's he is a walking NBA player. And now Kofi looks the part. Sure. I think Trace is playing the part. All right, because he, he's a little more mobile. Sure. Get up and down a little bit. Um, had a great game against Michigan State. He did. So um, he's my newcomer of the year. And, and frankly, for me, the only reason they are even relevant. Um, yeah, I don't know where they'd be without him. Um, so that that's our mid-season Big Ten awards. I'd love to see uh, love to see Xavier Tillman get yeah. on my snubs list. I'll be interested to see how this uh, adjusts from. It'll be interesting to archive this and see it at the end of the year again because, um, given the slate, Cassius still has every opportunity to win the conference yeah. play of the year. Coaches of the year can change, newcomers. I think newcomers is going to be one of these two, but um, you could see some movement here. I mean, asking Garza and Artur to keep it up the way they have been for a full season is, is a big ask. So, um, yeah, okay. 
So a new team, Penn State, if you haven't watched a lot of Big Ten basketball, you might not know a lot about them, so that's what we're here for. Decent team. I'm not enamored with them, even though Net, uh, I believe, is, and so is Ken Palm. Currently 16 in Ken Palm. Yeah. We talked about another coach who I believe is is not getting necessarily the love he deserves. Is our, man, our man Pat Chambers. Ten-year bump I'm out. for old Pat. <laughs> Um, he's gotten them to is easily the best team he's ever had, sitting at sixteen and five. Uh, they are six and four in the Big Ten, so things have slid a little bit. They were ten and one heading in, only lost coming as a two pointer neutral court loss to Ole Miss in. Woof! The, yeah, that's 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 that, that's not awesome. But non con, nothing to really write home about. A win at Georgetown is probably the best uh, of that bunch. Um, but in the Big Ten. You know, they do it, like I said, they do have four losses. The first came at the hands of Ohio State in December when Ohio State was the hottest team in the world, beat them by 32. Mm. But then they followed that up with a win against Maryland, who was number four at the time. That's a, That one's worth Which is a at. nice win. They did have a three-game. They've also beaten Iowa. They beat Ohio State the next time they played them. They beat Indiana. But the three games they've lost are at Rutgers, home against Wisconsin, which is a really bad one in my opinion, and then at Minnesota. We talked about Michigan State losing to the soft underbelly of their schedule. This is a much worse, in my opinion, version. They're the inverse. Yeah, yeah. like they're losing to teams they shouldn't and are beating teams maybe they should. They also shouldn't. Should yeah, it's, it's odd. Um, so let's give you a little rundown on this team and maybe how that happened. Um, you know, their winners are streaky. Winners are four straight after three straight losses. They have a, I guess, three dudes that I think you keep an eye on. Uh, Mirion Jones, 6'3 sophomore, is averaging just under 14 points a game. But he's the one that can go off. He is the Taylor battle. Uh, he has five 20-plus point games this year. And shoots nearly 40% from three. Mm. Yeah, but then, the, I mean, their their lead dog, as we talked about, is, is Lamar Stevens. Dude averages 16.5, seven boards. He's a true, I think he's today's perfect power forward. In that he's six seven, six eight, two hundred something pounds. Uh, obviously contends on the boards. Averages over a block a game and a steal a game. A really good defensive player. Now he gets his buckets going to the rack. Like that's how he scores. He only shoots twenty five percent from three mm. um, and does turn the ball over three times a game. So you can tell he's kind of getting into the trees there. Uh, still manages to shoot almost forty six percent from the field despite only twenty five from deep that tells me that when he's getting in there he's scoring a lot and does more of his damage kind of mid-range and close to the rack than than anywhere else i think he will be a particular challenge for uh the aaron henry gabe brown um duo the third guy to really know about is mike watkins we talked about him already um man has a powerful mustache and is also a a very good offensive rebounder and a very good uh shot blocker so again this is your um this is your Xavier Tillman matchup and the guy who, who they need to run uh, bodies at. They, now, this is actually kind of a surprisingly deep in minutes played type of team. They have, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys that average 12 minutes a game. Yeah, they run nine deep, um, which is nine deep with not a, not a lot of ton of drop-off. Um, the reason that they're able to compete day in and day out is they're one of the best defensive teams in the country yes and it's not just mike watkins around the rim um they're the 13th best in ken palm defense believe in adjusted defense and um 
ninth best in the country at defending two-point shots. So not just Mike Watkins, but just in general making life difficult. Um, For context, Michigan State is 11th, so better than Penn State, and 23rd at defending two-point shots, so near and around. Um, I think another thing to keep an eye on here is that Penn State does not shoot from three very well. Uh, 233rd in the country, that's about 32%. And they don't actually defend the three all that well either, with teams shooting um, 32.6%. So um, I don't know. that As Michigan State continues to trend up with shooting threes, that's just an area I've been watching quite a bit. Um, and then the other area to keep an eye on is Cassius Winston's assist to turnover ratio. In Big Ten losses, um, it's 1.08. In Big Ten wins, it's 2.14. It's kind of the, the stat um, to keep an eye on. If Cassius Winston is putting up more than five assists a game, Michigan State's in good shape. If Cassius Winston is not just turning it over, but really not passing and, and converting and having to take on the scoring load as well, well, we found ourselves in trouble. Yeah, I thought... Um... To that point, I thought that uh, Izzo had a very interesting quote today um, in his press conference where he talked about uh, talking to Coach K before last year's Final Four and going over some of MSU's shortcomings. This is a tweet from Kyle Austin. He says, Coach K said, I've got one way you can win. Keep it in Cassius' hands. Hmm. Now, we'll see how appreciate that comment is. Um, That's awesome. I will say that I think... Uh, you've seen it recently. The ball being taken out of Cassius's hands. He's played off ball more often, and I I think it's to help solve for his um because he's such a good shooter, and I mean she doesn't have a ton of shooting, and he's a really good off ball shooter. Again, this this is where you miss your Travis Trices. Um, <laughs> I'm serious. Where you get, you know you need a guy that can get him the ball, and also just not be a complete liability on the other end of the floor. Uh, and so you know you. You wonder if that might signify a bit of a tenor change from Izzo, and maybe that experiment is is not. I'll be interested if he uses that strategy more piecemeal, like where Michigan State's not making shots, or maybe they have a little bit of a lead, or or you know when he tries to use cash off the ball instead of just kind of doing it with. From what I can tell, as a casual observer, not any real rival reason. So this game, though, it's a home game. Yeah. Listen, you think we're being conservative now. They lose this game at home to Penn State, then we're all doing a big readjustment. So um, I think this is one that they – I'm not going to sit here and call any game a must-win at this point, but Mm -hmm. you're tied for the lead in the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. We know how difficult the Big Ten is. This is a home game. Mm -hmm. you got to protect home court. It's not a must-win, but it's a got to win. Yeah, yeah. for me – and until proven otherwise, Penn State and for, I guess, Rutgers too, I'm out. Yeah. Until I see it, right? Fair. And so um, should be a good matchup. Um, I'm looking forward to see how Michigan State rebounds after a disappointing game over yep. in Madison. And then this weekend, rivalry week, uh, Michigan State heads to Ann Arbor. Um, I think everybody knows the drill on this Michigan team. We can quickly gloss over it, but... I think the biggest thing to watch for in that game is Isaiah Livers um, re-aggravated his groin injury uh, last week. Is he back? And if he is, is he at 100%? Um, they had a nice uh, neutral game win over Rutgers recently. Mm-hmm. Um, 
with Xavier Simpson playing, but again, without livers, um, where, where, how good can Michigan be? I don't know. And I think it all revolves around livers. I would agree. Well, livers is the only thing that makes them tournament. Yeah. More than a last four in tournament team. I don't think that's that disparaging comment. It's fine. Um, no, it's not even being mean. I mean, it's just... Michigan State sent them into a tailspin. They lost, they beat Purdue and then lost four in a row after that. They bounced back, gotten, you know, they've played Nebraska and Rutgers. Teams you should win, even if you're bad. Games you should win. And then, then the Rutgers win is a nice win because it was at MSG, correct? Correct. Yeah. Uh, now, they have a, talk about a big week. Tomorrow night, if you're listening to this tonight, they play Ohio State at home. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that is where things get interesting for how concerned you should be about this game because if MSU loses to Penn State and they beat Ohio State, all of a sudden it's not as comfortable a feeling. Um, but if things go the way that we bo- we hope they will, maybe it's a, a little bit better. Uh, you know, I don't really know what else to say about Michigan aside from if Livers isn't playing, I don't know where they find points. And if Michigan State is playing an average offensive game, they're at, they're getting 75 to 80 points in a game. I don't know where Michigan's finding that without Isaiah Livers. I'll say this. I thought the same thing about Wisconsin. Yep. And if Michigan State, or excuse me, if Michigan loses to Ohio State, you have another critter in the corner. True. Very true. So I will learn a lot about both teams on Saturday because, I, frankly, I, I don't I don't trust Michigan. I don't think any even Michigan fans trust Michigan. Um, I'm not even throwing shade. I'm I'm just saying, home game. Uh, if you lose at home to Ohio State, things get really dicey mm-hmm. as far as are we they making the tournament. Michigan State becomes a must win. Yeah, it, yeah, it becomes the rallying cry. That's moment. it. You you put all the line in the sand there. Yeah. So so are we rooting for them to beat Ohio State? No, I never. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care either. I, I don't care. I don't care. Back into the corner. Good. We care. Good. Yeah, doesn't matter. Um, I will say, in looking at their stats, and we'll move on. They do have five guys averaging double digits, which is interesting, and they're actually averaging seventy six points a game. Now, I do wonder how inflated that is given the early season success. And Isaiah Livers is one of those who's averaging 13 points a game. So you take him out of there and you just wonder where... I just don't know where the offense is coming from consistently for them. And I think, again, you find out a lot uh, tomorrow night. Regardless, you know, uh, Michigan State, if they want, again, if you... It's not over if you lose one of these games, but it gets really... Your, your margin for error is already really slow, really slim. You lose one of these two games where you're the better team in both. You should be the better team in both games. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you just you wonder how long their Big Ten championship window really stays open. Well, so Michigan, you know, like you, you're right. The problem for them is on defense. I mean, they're getting enough points, but they just can't stop anybody. They're tenth in the conference in adjusted defense. They can't shoot three. They're shooting 29% in conference, and they can't defend the three. That's that. Well, they don't have an identity. They don't do well, anything they, well. And they also don't get to the free throw line at all. And so, when they get there, they can't shoot it. Yeah, they don't really do anything overly well. What so, do you do? What do you do here? Well, you they have don't to know. figure out what Chunky does. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, that's the week. I think MSU, you know, hopefully comes out of it 2-0. We'll see.
Let's take a quick look around the Big Ten and national, nationally as the weeks from the past and weeks to come. Um, Rutgers showed up, uh, beat Purdue last Tuesday, 70-63. My only question to Purdue is, do you care? Do you care? But another, team that, been another team that doesn't do anything well. The most apathetic team I've ever seen. They just sometimes don't care. And other times really care. Yeah. It, I don't uh, get it. I, it's a team that's dealing with not having Carson Edwards. And the hangover is taking quite some time. It's a 32-year-old after a long weekend out. Yeah, and you think about taking not just Monday off, but coming yeah. in late Tuesday. Yeah, you, you, you might sleep you might be like a halftime Tuesday guy. You might be a, you might be a call off Monday work from home Tuesday. You're googling can you die from a hangover. It's true. And you're just like is it ever happened? I just need to know. Uh Maryland took down Iowa 82 to 72. I think it was a good decision that we took a meeting with Maryland last week. It's true. The meeting is looking like it's bearing fruit. We're approaching the RFP portion of this discussion. Um They're not the only ones receiving the RFP. No, but they're on the short list. Yeah, the request for proposal will go out to them, amongst others. Amongst we others. made that crystal clear to yes, them. Yes, they are aware. You know, we're not leading them on, but we're happy. We're looking for their best. We're, we're looking to be impressed. But we're, we're impressed open to today, it. Today, the capabilities we're presentation was strong. The theory is strong. I would agree. So, moving on to Iowa, um, beating Illinois 72-65 to 65 on Sunday evening. Everyone can calm down. Mm-hmm. And that's me to the Michigan State crowd. Illinois, and, and I can't wait to get this to be on a sound bite and played for at my funeral. <laughs> Miss me with being worried about Illinois mm-hmm. as the Big Ten yeah. title contender. Illinois. This is me doing Soldier Boy about <laughs> Drake. Drake? Illinois? Yeah. <laughs> that Illinois? I, I would agree. No. Well, see, here's, here's what it says no. about the Big Ten. No, here's what it says about the Big Ten, is that every team is fatally flawed. Yeah. And that doesn't always happen. And and Illinois, is as as their flaw is, to me, as fatal as anyone's. They can't shoot. Dude, Michigan State beat the shit out of them. Yeah. They won by 20. Right. And I, don't, I look at other teams and, like, I'm more worried about Maryland, and I don't trust Maryland at all. Well, I Maryland. We said at the beginning of the year, Maryland was the only team that we looked at the roster and said they can compete. Yeah, and then I look at Mark Turgeon and yeah. I realize that he's never gotten out of his roster the talent that he's had on it. It's so you facts. Know. Yeah. All right, let's take a look at you know last nationally last week we we highlighted a few games. Uh, Virginia beat uh, Florida State, a team we were considering we didn't want to play. And hey, listen. Currently, Florida State and their 37-man roster is losing at home to a under 500 North Carolina team. Can't take them seriously, folks. Just saying. They Even do have a Zion-ish framed player <laughs> in Raekwon Gray, who I didn't know existed until tonight. Let's not. But he is a hefty fellow. Let's not confuse the yeah. talent. No, but he's, um, he's a big one. I made a mistake, everybody. Last week I said, let's, let's watch that San Diego State at New Mexico game. And San Diego State won by almost 30. Yeah, they are apparently pretty darn good. Yeah, sure. Go be the number one seed in the West. Don't care. Yeah. See you Would later. love, would love to be in that bracket. See, no, there'll be a number one seed. In, no, exactly. No, and we will we'll be nowhere near it. And this is a San Diego State team that loses to, I'm licking my finger, I'm putting it in the air, and I will say 
they feel like they would lose to Penn State in the 8-9 game. Wow. Okay. I like that. I was going to go somewhere with a, uh, as the one, I was going to go maybe a, well, they're higher than this right now, but like a West Virginia. Oh, in the Sweet 16. Yeah, maybe. like a Sweet 16. 1-4 loss. A 1-4. In a waxing. In it, right. But like getting dusted. A waxing. Yeah. yeah. Or, yeah, like they might be a, uh, like an Iowa State. They're not Tyrese making the Halliburton. Tournament. Not no? making the tournament. Okay. All right, well, they stink. I'm just saying that's the caliber. That's like the oh, type of team. Okay. Right okay. Or some of the, one of these rando Big Ten teams, like a Penn State, could saying. definitely do it. All right, Auburn uh, took down Kentucky at home, um, seventy-five to sixty-six. Might take a meeting with Auburn. I'm thinking Listen, about taking a meeting. Auburn's knocking on the door. It's it. They're this young company that doesn't have a big client list right now. Yeah, I know, but but. The decks, but I look. Oh, they're nice when I, you listen to. And them. then they remind you they do have a blue chip one, one blue chip client. They went to the final four last year. That's true. They beat Virginia. Yeah, they've proven they can. They no, can come like through. they they didn't be, just beat Kentucky. Like remember, there was like a follow. Yeah, like call. they beat. Virginia. They won. Right. Yeah. They did. It's it. true. It's true. So I mean, again, Bruce, the capabilities deck. It's just, impressive. Johnny Calipari may have met his match oh, baby. in bagging. I just want those two. I want to go to a barbecue with both of them. That's all I want. They hate each other because they're the same person. I know. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's Barney and Fred. The Flintstones. <laughs> wow. uh, set, we talked about the Big East a bit. Creighton took down Villanova at Villanova handily. 76-61. Uh, to 61. The Big East standings are a mess. Um, they're Big Ten light. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot to like. If if you find yourself looking for um, some entertainment, any Big East game. If you find yourself uh, hoping to be surprised by who is actually in a conference, <laughs> just turn on a Big East. Just turn on FS1 on a Saturday. You're like, oh, look at that. They're in the Big East. Creighton, a decent team all of a sudden. Um, DePaul, 1-8 in the conference, but not awful. They're not – they're 1-8, but – Bad, but not like the one and eight from years past. Bad. Romeo Weems. <laughs> mistakes were made. Mistakes were made. Kind of dodged a bullet there. Maybe. All right. Let's take a look at upcoming Big Ten games of the weekend nationally. First, um, tonight, if you're listening on a Tuesday, Maryland at Rutgers. Huge road week for Maryland. Tell us a lot because not only do they play at Rutgers on Tuesday, on Friday they travel to Illinois. Yeah, that's a that turns into a real big one. So, you know, this Rutgers team has actually won some big games, and it's one that you, you no longer look at this and you're like, oh, this is a bunny. This is like, oh, we actually kind of got a prep here. Can't just as they say, you don't just waltz into the rack no, and expect to come out with a W. Indiana so, knows. Indiana knows all about it. Um, so it's it's a tough one right now for for Maryland. So yeah, you you got to go take care of business. Yeah, like I said, back-to-back. Illinois has to win this game if they want a banner. There's got to be some type of name for Maryland and Rutgers when they play each other. Like, because they came in at the same time to the Big Ten and people will still forget, I would assume by the minute that both of them are on in the Big Ten. Remember, like, the civil conflict? Yeah. UConn and Central Florida? I think we need some type of name. It's called the Rutland Trophy. The Rutland Trophy. It's it, the game sucks. Yeah. It's the really, but Butlin Trophy. Butlin Trophy. Yeah, man, feels good. I mean, Saturday can't miss TV when Purdue plays at Indiana. Um, love it. And these two are playing for 
the tournament. One program that, listen, we've heard the term little brother thrown around a lot in mm-hmm. our years here. Mm-hmm. We, th- that dynamic is exemplified nowhere more than this one. Indiana, I don't think they consider Purdue a thing. Oh, wow. I think I they think do. Purdue, but okay. Yeah, but I think Purdue hate, mm. hate, 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 loathe, hate. I'm with you on that. I got you. I I mean, it's the same way. Like, I think Indiana looks at Purdue and they're like, yeah, they're in the state. We should beat them. We beat them all the time type of thing, which isn't necessarily true. Don't get me wrong. Right, right. But it's it's that And Indiana's out there looking at Kentucky, thinking they matter more. It's that arrogance dynamic. And instead, uh, it's not always that way. And I think Purdue, though, just absolutely hates Indiana. I believe that. Um, Okay. And then nationally, I just wanted to line up Saturday for you, everyone, because Rivalry Week is fun. Um, I'm just going to walk through them. LSU at Auburn in a game that very much matters for the SEC Championship. Seton Hall at Villanova. Um, That Seton Hall win is a win that keeps on giving. No kidding. Virginia at Louisville. Um, Louisville might win the ACC. Uh, Virginia needs it to stay relevant on the right side of the bubble. Uh, Duke at North Carolina, always fun. A game, no matter what. Especially because it's at North Cole Carolina. Cole Anthony is back. And it's at North Carolina, yep. which makes it a little more interesting. And finally, Gonzaga at St. Mary's. Let's see if the Zags can be tested. Yeah, at this point, it's not looking like the Zags are going to get much of a test very often in their schedule, but this is one of the few. Tell you what, Zags versus San Diego State for the Elite Eight. Mm. Just start them there. Yeah, that's just, fine. Just And the winner gets the Elite Eight. Also, oh, Sweet 16 game. Yep. And just peg them there, and then everyone's walk away happy. That's fine. Everyone else does everything else they have to do, right? Let's yeah. just save each other time. I would agree with that. Except for, wait, Penn State gets a shot at San Diego State. That's the play-in. Yeah, the play-in. I agree with that. I fully agree with that. Okay, good. I'm glad we could solve that for everybody. Yeah, you're all welcome. Anything else for you? You know, I'm just really happy we made it through over an hour without talking about Michigan State football. That was really nice. They did just pick up some a, a recruit. Fine. Fine. We'll do it. Sebastian A. Brown, who is 1,000% committed. Dual uh, two-way player from Detroit Cast Tech. Um, currently not having no stars. Who needs them? Uh, they also did get my newest, thickest boy, uh, Donovan Eaglin, the <laughs> running guess. back from Texas. Had to mention him. Mm-hmm. Potentially the new, uh, the second member of the big boy bandwagon. Uh, we'll, we'll see. He has to earn it. But five eleven, two twenty five as a high school senior, <laughs> baby. Not we missing are, many deals. You, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a meeting I took immediately. <laughs> He's sight unseen. I haven't seen a second of his tape. Don't know. I don't really want to. I don't. I saw ruin him in it. New Jersey, and I saw the numbers, and I said, I, I said, you swipe right. Accept. Yeah. Accept. I'm jamming my finger on the mouse yes. to accept that meeting. Recurring. Recur this meeting. Every Saturday, please. <laughs> Status. Yes. Uh, all right, guys. Um, thanks for sticking with us. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome for the uh, noted commercial break. We did pretty good. Uh, so we will catch you guys next week. For John, this is Austin, and uh, we'll see you next week. See ya.